The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Hayden Panettiere has grown up before our eyes. She has beauty, fame, fortune, but behind the scenes... I was stuck in this horrifying nightmare... I was in a fetal position on the floor, just sobbing. The biggest heartbreak of her life. How old was your daughter when you made that decision? She was almost three, and it wasn't fully my decision. In fact, I didn't even know it was happening. The painful story she's never told until now. It's scary. You don't want to piss anyone off, especially the person who has control of your child. I can't imagine what that must have been like for you. Special guest host, mom-to-be, Kelly Osborne. Coming on this show the last time helped me so much, it's going to make me cry. Wow. An emotional update on her recovery. I decided to go back to treatment, and it changed my life. A must-see RTT exclusive. I've never been this brutally honest about my personal life. Can I just say that your dress is Fabulous today. So is yours. Yes, darling. Thank you and you. the vintage. You know, I love, right. I've always loved vintage. And a little boot to funk it up. Well, you know. Yes. A little something, something. <laughs> you know how we do. I learned very well from you, darling. <laughs> For sure. Willow is on tour, so we have asked one of our RTT favorites to sit in for her. Come on out here, Mom, to be Kelly Osborne. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, it takes me a little longer wow. to do everything now. Hi. Oh my gosh, look at you. 
I did not know. Congratulations. I just want to tell you both something. Coming on this show the last time helped me in my life so much. It's going to make me cry. (laughs) Because I got honest because I felt safe. Mm. And from there, I decided to go back to treatment and it changed my life in every way. And now all my dreams are coming true. So thank you. Wow. Kelly. I really mean that. That is so good to hear. Sorry, I know I'm really hormonal. No, but I mean, wow, that's... Thank you for that gift, you know? I love hearing that. I don't know what it is about you ladies, but (laughs) you allow a safe space for someone to come in and just lay it all out. Yeah. And I did that, and it was like therapy. It changed everything, because I was like, I want to be the person I was on Red Table every day. And I did it. Good for you. Good for you, Good for Kelly. you. That's good news. And this is the only show I would do pregnant right now, <laughs> to be honest with you, too. <laughs> and it's just such an honor to fill in for Willow because I think she is the most magical young human on this planet. Well, thank you. I'm her mom. I feel the same way. So how has this pregnancy been for you? Okay, no one tells you that pregnancy is, like, one of the roughest, most weirdest, wildest things <laughs> yeah. that... It's crazy. Isn't it? But I have a great respect for my mother. I feel very blessed. My parents have been so incredible that I feel forever indebted to them for how they have changed to help me. And it's one of the best gifts they could have ever given me. How did your parents change? They stopped trying to fix me. Yeah. And they stopped trying to force me into being the daughter that they thought I should be, but knew I could be. Yeah. And let me become that on my own. Yep. Gotcha. And I can tell you that I haven't had an argument with my mom in a year and a half, which is huge. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I can have conversations with my dad that he listens and understands and acknowledges what I am saying and how I'm feeling right. and then gives me advice back. Not always do I love his advice, right. but <laughs> he's taking the time rather than getting overwhelmed by it and pushing it off to the side. Yeah, I understand that as a parent, having to yeah. listen to some hard stuff. So tell us about yeah. the, the father, the baby. He's in a band called Slipknot. One of my favorite bands. Really? Oh my I God. love Slipknot. <laughs> You have to come to the show when they're in L.A. then. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know about Slipknot. I love Slipknot. They are so gangster. I love them. We met 23 years ago and stayed friends over the years. And then something just changed about a year ago. Now we're having a baby. Wow. (laughs) That is awesome, Kelly. And it's great because he's known my whole family. There's so much history there and he takes me as I am. And I I love that. Yeah, that acceptance and allowance Mm -hmm. is everything. It's such an honor to be back at this table. So thank you. We are so happy because we had no idea that the guests that we're bringing out, that you two, a good friend. We, we had are friends, no- yeah. I had no idea. Hayden Panettiere has grown up before our eyes, a superstar on the big and small screen. She shot her first commercial when she was just a baby, 
and stole our hearts in Remember the Titans alongside Denzel Washington. I hate playing with dolls. Hey, why don't you go accessorize? Don't you want to go accessorize? She played a cheerleader with superpowers and heroes. Something's not right. And Nashville's tortured country star on two of the biggest shows in primetime. But behind the scenes, Hayden was crumbling and it almost cost her her life. Four years ago, she seemed to vanish from Hollywood. Hayden says she was on top of the world and ruined it. Wow. Kelly? Oh my gosh. You look so good. So you. It's so good to see you. Hayden, thank you for coming. Of course, thank you for having me. You have such a, a powerful journey. Your journey represents the journeys we love to talk about mm -hmm. at the table. So let's go back to the beginning. Well, I started baby modeling at eight months old, and then I was on a soap opera at four years old. It has given me a wonderful life. And I think about that a lot is had I had the choice myself at an older age where I had formed a, an opinion about what I wanted to do, would I have chosen yeah. to be an actor? If I had seen all the ins and outs and what it's become with Instagram and the internet. I talk about that all they, the time. If it was when we were younger. Yeah, it if, wasn't like that. If Instagram and Twitter mm -hmm. and Facebook was around, I don't think I would have survived. Right. Oh. right. Yeah, because yeah. my mouth was too big, my opinions were too strong, and I had no idea who I was. Right. The court of public opinion sometimes doesn't give you the opportunity to be young, to make those mistakes. I mean, I was a Neutrogena girl for like 10 years, from 16 to like 26. Don't just clean, deep clean and invigorate your skin. So in that period, I also had morals contracts, you know, morals, oh, morality right. um, yeah. things in my contract. Right. I didn't but realize it's that. A, it's like a clause in your yeah. contract, basically saying you have to represent the the brand, the and the brand Their was squeaky, yeah. clean. You know, I remember the first time I was caught smoking a cigarette and trying things, things that in the contract we're not technically supposed to do or be caught doing, and it was, you know, a constant phone call, you know, she can't be doing that. Yeah. It was tough. That is tough. It's a lot for a young person to have to deal with. When Hayden landed the lead role on NBC's smash hit Heroes, her face was on billboards, city buses. She even had her own action figure. The pressure was intense, the schedule grueling. Young Hayden was exhausted when she says someone on her team, who was supposed to be looking out for her, approached her with a solution. They came to me, and it was before this red carpet, and I had been doing Heroes, and we did press all the time. And I was a little low energy, and it was, here, take one of these. It's a, it's a happy pill. It'll give you energy. So I didn't think of it at the time as, like, a, a bad thing yeah, or right. a drug. How old were you? For I was 16. It must have been something that was similar to, like, an Adderall. Yeah but they got it from Mexico. I should have th thought that's so sketchy, but I didn't because I trusted right. the person. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it did give me that little bit of energy. And I didn't feel like 
high and out of control, but I did feel like happy, happy. and mm -hmm. yeah. and like I was looking forward to doing the, life of the, party. the interview. <laughs> yes. I do remember asking them for some for personal use. Mm -hmm. right. And then somebody else found out and let me know right. how bad that was. This just brings up for me the levels of vulnerability that you, you've been exposed to mm -hmm. in 16 being offered happy pills and... Yeah. Paparazzi would yell at me when I was younger, when are you gonna get your first DUI, right? Yeah. And it was always, when are you gonna fall on your face and get into alcohol and drugs? It was like, that was always gonna happen. Yeah. When Hayden was 20, the tiny five foot tall star fell in love with Vladimir Klitschko, the towering six foot six, two time world champion boxer from Ukraine. Three time heavyweight. Champion of the world, Vladimir Klitschko! Although their romance was turbulent and often made headlines, Vladimir proposed. Five years into their on-again and off-again relationship, they had a baby girl named Kaya. Just weeks into being a new mom, crippling postpartum depression took over. Hayden had no idea what was happening to her. I can't imagine what that must have been like for you. I mean, I've witnessed it with a very close friend of mine who had it so badly they couldn't even hold their baby. It took her sense of self and who she was completely away from right. her. And I just remember all of our friends and how judgmental they were about it and how many fingers were pointed at her. And from having that experience, I have such empathy for women who go through it. Yeah. Some people thought it's a personal choice. Yeah. yeah. Being depressed at it, all right. is a personal choice. Yeah. And that I could just snap my fingers and choose one day, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. I'm going to be happy. I felt like it was not something that people understood or talked about. And I didn't know to ask for help. How did it That's show up for you? How did your postpartum show up for you? I did what I had seen family and the people around me do whenever they were depressed or stressed out or anything, which was reach for a bottle, yeah. Yeah. which made it that much worse. Yeah, because yeah, alcohol's a downer. Because, yeah. yeah, it's a depressant, but that's what I feel like I learned growing up, how to change the way you're feeling just by having a glass right. of something. Yeah. But right. then it flips on you and does the complete opposite and yeah. just adds to your depression. Your and it becomes that endless hamster wheel, yeah. that cycle. That vicious yeah. cycle. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. 
You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. That's a vicious one, too. When did you realize that you were having postpartum depression? When did it hit you? Oh, I, th- I feel like it took me months because it wasn't even in my, my mind. Did your physician talk to you about what postpartum depression was? No, not wow. at all, mm. not at all. And I wish like they had given me a whatever, any, even just one pamphlet on it or told me what the signs were. I feel like people saw me struggling a lot. It was pretty obvious. And still nobody came and asked questions. Now, uh, whenever I go to my doctor, I get, they give me a a stack of pamphlets every single... That's so smart. Every single week, they give me something on postpartum. Because of my history with 
alcoholism yeah. mm-hmm. and dependency on, on a chemical and depression and mm-hmm. anxiety. The likelihood that I will suffer postpartum is something like 75% more likely. Mm. So wow, it's yeah. something that is a genuine fear for me. Yeah. Hayden, how did you get the information that, oh, wow, this is postpartum? And then what was your first step? I went to treatment. I went to treatment the first time when my daughter was about four months old because I wanted to fix myself Okay. because I was just leaning on that crutch. So you went into treatment for substance abuse? Yeah, for, for alcohol. How long did you stay? Well, the first time I stayed, like, I think it was four weeks... And then I stayed at another place that was a little longer. Then I went to the big place where I stayed eight months. That was when like, I it. had it. <laughs> yeah. I like had had it with myself, and I knew that it was. So a you had a couple of be- a co- between process. the stays. You you had some relapsing Relapses. happening. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't somebody who like was a binge drinker and got like hammered. It was like a slow trickle right it became sort of like a compulsive Mm -hmm. thing to do as soon as I felt like I wasn't happy or had anxiety or there was a brick on my chest I immediately went to the quickest solution instead of just riding it out I'm not a patient person I am I know that feeling oh too well instant (laughs) gratification and It was reliable. Right. It was reliable, but it also was like the devil. Right. Right. And that instant gratification is something that as addicts we are very, very familiar with. Yes. Instant gratification. There's no patient addict. No. No. Mm -mm. Doesn't (laughs) exist. You just know that you take that first sip and you have that warm feeling and all of that trouble has just disappeared somewhere where you don't even have to acknowledge it. Exactly. Yeah. I remember being on the floor in a puddle, curled up just sobbing and just knowing that I didn't feel good about my body either. And I had to go back to work three months after my daughter was born. And, you know, it's one thing to gain that weight and be pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that didn't bother me at all. But then when the baby's out and it's gone and it's just leaving you with a body that's not familiar to you and shoving yourself in spanks during the fittings and being told to lift your chin because of the double double chin, chin, it just took my confidence, especially because I'm so short, Short. you know. I felt really, really insecure. Didn't want to be working and looking like that. Did your partner recognize that you were struggling? I respect him for being such a driven human being, and he's very positive. Athletes, just they're very diligent. Yeah, that's that. (laughs) That mentality is just pretty incredible, but he's... Also a man, doesn't have any sisters. So he really thought that I was doing it to myself, I think. And and just that I could choose to. Right. It's a matter of willpower. It It was a matter of yes. Mm -hmm. And like when he signs his emails, it says, if you control your mind, you You can control control everything. (laughs) And I'm like, I look at it all the time and I'm like, (laughs) I've had to learn that alpha male spirit, they don't pay attention to feelings. No, No. especially someone from where he's from. Yes. You know, he grew up in the Soviet Union and it was just, that's his survival. It's like, don't think about how you feel, just do it, you know? Which works for him. He's been hugely successful and I always look at him in awe 
the things that he's achieved. Yeah. But understanding and being an emotional person, especially with what I do for a living, right. you know, was like... You speak I, different languages. It's yeah. just totally different. <laughs> and no, I don't have control over it. No, yeah, I'm not yeah. like it's happy classic. all the time <laughs> right now. It's just, yeah. When I was on Nashville, they really wrote my life into it. So on the show, one of the storylines was that I was playing an alcoholic. Another storyline was that I was pregnant on the show and then I got postpartum depression. And then, wow. you know, they so you had to relive everything. Had to, yeah, I had to go to work every day and be acting out what I was truly going through. So by the time I got home, I didn't want to sit there with my own feelings and work them out. Mm. Wow. You know, That's I just torture. wanted to escape. Yeah, escape. I understand that one. Yeah. That's heavy. Mm -hmm. That's heavy duty. What was your rock bottom? I had taken time off after I was on Nashville, because it was a tough show for me to be on. I was leaning on that bottle during that time off, and it was bad. It was really, really bad. I had nowhere to be and nothing to do, and so it made it even worse. I just remember when I finally called for help, I was in a fetal position, in bed, couldn't get out, in tears all the time. Yeah. Even though I knew I had to stop, I couldn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I could not stop. Yep. I was stuck in this horrifying nightmare that just wouldn't end and completely by myself. And that is it a was scary place. Just, yeah. it, was, it was terrifying. And I knew I was ruining my health. Yeah. Did you feel like if you didn't reach for help at that time that it could be your demise? It definitely could have been. I yeah. mean, I, I turned jaundice at one point, like yellow eyes, and went to a doctor and they said, if you don't stop right now, you're heading towards a liver that's not gonna mm -hmm. heal itself anymore. Yeah. And I looked up liver transplants and it says they give you only like five years. And plus who wants to give a liver to somebody yeah. who's an yeah. addict? But to have a death sentence still there, and only five years to live, that was terrifying. Right. Terrifying. Hayden, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about you? The idea that I'm a person who would just easily throw out my child, you yeah. know, give yeah. away my, my child. In the fall of 2018, Hayden and Vladimir called it quits for good, trying desperately to get her addiction under control Hayden made a gut-wrenching decision. Kaya would live with Vladimir in Ukraine, while Hayden stayed in the U.S. working towards sobriety. Mm. Wow. Can you tell us just about that heart-wrenching decision that you made in regards to your daughter? Because I know that had to be... Yeah. Yeah. It was... He, I, as... as mothers, as you know, sometimes we have to make decisions that, you know, weigh on us. I felt horribly guilty. Yeah. But at the same time, I was trying to tell myself that if I'm not okay, yeah. if I'm not good, then I cannot be the best mom to you. Yeah. And I was going through such a hard time that I knew the most unselfish thing that I could do was to make that hard decision and just try to work on myself. How old was your daughter when you made that decision? 
for her to go and live with her, 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 dad, her dad, her dad. dad. She was almost three. And it wasn't fully my decision. Oh, wow. In fact, I didn't even know it was happening until Whoa. Oh. she was already over wow. there. Oh. In a country where her uncle is the mayor and they are icons over there. It's a country where it's very male dominated. So there wasn't a heck of a lot that I could do. Now I'm a little confused. Yeah. I thought this yeah. was an agreement that you came to, that you felt it was best that your daughter be with her dad. At first it was not because it wasn't a discussion. Okay. It wasn't, if he had come to me and said, um, you know, I think because of where you're at right now and the struggles that you're having, it would be good for her to, you know, be over here with me for a while. Right. To which I probably, if I had had enough of a conversation, would have said, okay, that, that makes sense. I get it. I'll come there, if, you know, to visit and, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Because of the way that it was done, it was very upsetting. I mean, it was the worst signing those papers was like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever, ever had to do in my life. Can you explain exactly what, what? The papers were to give him full, full custody. custody. Right. And, you know, I was going to go work on myself. Right. And I was going to get better. And when I got better, then things could change. Yeah. And she could come to me and I could have my time with her. But that, um, that didn't happen. I thought she was going over to visit him like she always did. She went Got back it. and forth between me and Nashville and, and Ukraine. And then once she was over there, he didn't send her back. which it, it was immediately, I want full custody of her, Got which was a imagine. shock to me. Right. I mean, I understand that he thinks that he's doing, you know, the right, right thing. He's a fantastic father. He really is. Um, but I don't think he fully grasps that as she gets older, yeah, it's she's gonna going, need her mom. Like kids need their their moms. I had never in, endangered her or done anything that would would it's, it's in this country. Right. A, a, they would never take a child from from right. me. Like it never right. would have happened. But I think that's why she was wanted over there. And when she was yeah. there, I was stuck between a rock and a hard, hard place. place. Yeah. I just tried to tell myself, you get yourself better in time. It will change. That would have sent me spiraling though. Uh, I would yeah. have self-destructed. And I did. I had to go several times to treatment. He wasn't around to see the kind of mom I was. Yeah. And yeah. had he been maybe it would have been different. And I really wish, I mean, I, I hope one day it does change. It's the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever experienced. I'm sure that throws a whole different mm -hmm. light on it because that was not my, my thinking yeah. around it all. I thought this was like a mutual right. agreement and it doesn't sound like that that it was all. mutual. No, and it's always been very terrifying to to talk about, yeah. you know, if upsetting him. He's mm. an amazing father. I have a yeah. lot of respect for him. You know, we were together for years, but in this case, 
We definitely don't and that, see eye to eye, but that it's That information scary. being so public almost puts like a checklist of, oh, wow, look at this. She doesn't have her kid and she must be bad. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. oh yeah. she's in treatment again. The comments that people made uh, or things that they assumed about yeah. my situation with my daughter were just so often and heartbreaking and... You know, there was a cover of a magazine. I was walking through the airport, and it said something like, why Hayden chose to give up her daughter. Yeah. I was just like, this is so misrepresented. Yeah. And people are like, how dare you? You're a horrible mother. I could never do that to my child. So it was tough. And it took me so a tough. long time to be able to talk about it. And this is really the first time that I've I've delved into that specific that piece. Top, topic because it's just scary you don't want to piss anyone off right. especially the person who has Absolutely. control of of your child yeah. I, I just want to say Hayden first of all I'm so sorry that you've had to to deal with this not only dealing with the heartbreak of having this circumstance mm -hmm. but also people's judgment, judgment yeah. around it without having all the facts. facts right yeah and I of course take responsibility for the role that I played and for where I was I mean there were certain things I couldn't control obviously right. I wish I had gotten myself more help than I did but you don't know what you don't know yeah. yeah I'm Elia Connie and this is family therapy my best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. <laughs> 
I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Hayden, how is your daughter doing being separated from you? She's a very stoic child. When she really gets hurt, you could see her try to hold it back, hold it, hold it in and be like, I'm fine, dust it off and not want to be held. She's an incredibly strong child. I mean, going through the situation between Ukraine and Russia has been really scary in so many ways. I had a conversation with her and I said, your dad and your uncle are being amazingly brave and they're trying to defend Ukraine. I wish there was more of a bringing her to visit, like never been back to California. It's it's just, so you it's haven't very... seen her since she, since she No, I have I have seen her. Okay. Just not I, in I go California. over there. Oh, you go there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's but not in Ukraine she, right now. She No, we had to take her elsewhere right. because it was dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. But I also remember her dad calling me and he said, Kaya's going around and asking other women if she can call them mommy. <gasps> and my, like, breath hitched and and my heart stopped and he was laughing he thought this was funny and it was horrifying Mm -hmm. to me he didn't get it as it was to me who saw you know that's a trauma reaction that's that's a cry for for help i said immediately can i talk to my daughter and when i asked her about it she went into goo gaga speak Mm -hmm. like Uh. like just talking gibberish i never before ever heard her do that in her life. And that pushed it even further for me to knowing that yeah. it was mm-hmm. a trauma that she was experiencing, mm-hmm. you know, me not being around. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I have tried to explain yeah. how much she needs her mom and how it's going to rear its ugly head later when she's older and it could turn into 
anger, yeah. depression, sadness, whatever it is, but it's going to be a trauma. Yeah. You know, you can explain it to somebody who doesn't understand that concept or doesn't mm. believe it till yeah. you're blue in the face. Yeah. Do you see any hope that this living situation might, you know, change in some way, in some form? I haven't gotten any um, hints that it will. You know, I've been told I can go over and see her any time. I just have to keep. You just have to keep. The, yeah. the hope yeah. that one day when she's old enough for her opinion to be respected a little bit more and her wants are heard that, you know, there will be more proactivity on mm. that side. Yeah. There is something about you, Hayden, that no matter what the media has printed about you, no matter what they have said, you want to root for you. Before we were even friends, I've always been like, I get her and I, I see the pain and the struggle and you are really, really trying to better yourself and you can see that. Yeah. Thank you. But I also think too, Kelly, that because we are recovering addicts yeah. ourselves, we understand what she's going through. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we understand what addiction is like and people that don't understand, understand mm -hmm. addiction don't have the compassion yeah right not. you know um and There's it's still just so from much lack stigma. of understanding yes would and you the say stigma that is absolutely especially mothers who struggle there. yeah yeah one of the things that i have realized is that there's so much judgment in motherhood yeah like i have chosen to stay on my medication instead of breastfeeding. Right. Mm -hmm. And the judgment that I have received from right. my friends and also extended family being like, oh, you're gonna miss out on that bonding period. And I'm like, don't you think I know that? Yeah. But how, what kind of mother am I gonna be if I start going backwards, if I start mm. being self-destructive? Right. And it's something for me that I'm learning that I can't pay attention to the, the milieu. Yeah. It, it has to be what is best for me, what's going to be best for my baby. Because if I don't do that, what kind of a mother am I exactly. going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Hayden, can I ask you a question? Because I cannot imagine that, you know, I'm trying to get sober, you know, heal my life. So just walk us through your process to get you here, because you seem Clear, you seem sane. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? Yes. You seem like you've done a hell of a lot of work. Well, I actually ended up loving treatment. Like, I loved being around like-minded people who were going through the same or similar things that I was going through. To be able to be in a place where I felt safe. safe. Yeah. yeah. And get to be completely open for the first time in my life yeah. Yeah. about all the bitter details. I was trained from such a young age to say things a certain way, yeah. to dress a certain way, way, to yeah. be a certain way. Yeah. Just to be, yeah, perfect. And there I really got to just open up and tell all my horror stories. Yeah. You know you went somewhere good where you don't want to leave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How do you manage the intense feelings that come upon you, whether it's 
dealing with missing your daughter, yeah. dealing with the betrayal of that situation. Mm -hmm. I try not to live in anger anymore yeah. because that is Ooh. one of the most destructive me too <laughs> emotions yeah. for me i can have quite a an a, a temper yeah. um but i realized i like to talk about things there's something about hearing yourself out right. loud yeah. where yes. you start picking up on things that you didn't know you were thinking or feeling and it clarifies for you because yeah. <laughs> i found that in in the beginning of going to treatment you know they ask you how you're feeling and that you have to use emotion words did they give you and, the feelings oh wheel yes God. the feelings okay. wheel I hate so the i got words. i like, got the feelings wheel because i kept telling everyone to off. <laughs> so they were like, you are only allowed to use words that yes. are on this feelings yes. wheel. You can't say f I used to say fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. And then they told me that fine stood for f up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if I said fine, that's what I was saying I was, which was so true. Yep. I was f up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. emotional. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. There it is. It is so funny because sometimes I can get really analytical. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn also how to just say straight up how I feel instead mm -hmm. of like all of this flowery, yes. poetic way of saying everything, just yes. going, I'm mad at you. <laughs> yeah. <Right. Yes. laughs> I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Oh, yeah. That was part of my self-destructive cycle was that because I was afraid to say how I felt, I would keep it inside and then I would act out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even yeah. if if it was through alcohol, or if it was through relationships, mm -hmm. I would act out in all different kinds of ways. Right. It was just a whole lot of chaos going on. I've never been this honest, mm -hmm. brutally honest about myself or my personal life. Right. But it made, it made me depressed trying to hide my myself. Yeah. There's just something very freeing about just being yourself. It's really and awesome to see you take your power back. Yeah. Thank you. For Thank sure. you. I, it makes me feel okay with being not okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay with not being okay. I love that. That's real talk right yes. there. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I just really love about the table, specifically for us as women, is really just being able to have these conversations to create a new narrative about our existence, a narrative that we're in control of. Women get caught up in thinking that there's this overall understanding of how all women should be. This is what a strong woman is. This is what yeah, a right. good woman mm -hmm. is. This is what a good mom is. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so multifaceted. I think even as women, sometimes we narrow ourselves in the discussion of what womanhood is and what our experiences should be. We have to give ourselves more expansion in that yeah. area because mm -hmm. being woman is vast. Yes. Yeah. You have to feel safe to be able to to share what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And oh, and we we as women can can do that together. There are things that I I haven't spoken about that I didn't have the guts to speak about. It feels like this conversation even just being here today has made me feel it's it's healing. It's the same way I felt the first yeah. time I came on yeah, Red Table. Truly. I'm just so happy for you. Me I too. I really am. You, you you've come through some stuff. 
and you're still coming through yes. some stuff. Yes, work in progress. Yeah, work you in know. progress. I think you're way tougher than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I'm so happy for you, Mama. Thank we were so you. happy having you come back. This table is so healing and so powerful. And it is. It's a little bit of magic that I'm happy to be a part of. And we're wishing so you a, a healthy baby yes. and an easy delivery. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you for me. all this beautiful sisterhood that we got to share at this yes. table today. Yeah. This was a powerful one. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to put you right in the middle. OK. And we're going to move up a little bit. There we go. You all look so pretty. Now get them a picture just like that. The four of you do need a skin line. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, Neutrogena, I'm well-behaved now. Exactly. Yeah, take me back. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 